It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, friends? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Billy Rossetti with you guys here on a Wednesday. We are rolling through just a few short days away from the start of the Senior Bowl. We're going to continue with our positional previews on the Panthers roster. We're going to look at wide receiver, and we're going to look at tight end today. And a lot of intriguing names, as we kind of alluded to on yesterday's show, including at the wide receiver position. So really excited to get a look at some of these players and get to talk about some of these players. It's going to be a lot of fun next week at the Senior Bowl. we got a couple quick notes that we want to go through first before we get into the Senior Bowl. First is the talk of... Uh, the Carolina connection growing even more up in Washington as Ian Rappaport reported on Tuesday that Marty Herney, good old Marty Herney, the former two-time GM of the Panthers, is going to become the next general manager of the Washington football team. That is right. It's going to be a bigger Carolina reunion. We already had... Ron Rivera's head coach, and he brought over, of course, a bunch of uh, his assistants from Carolina, including Scott Turner as offensive coordinator. But now we're going to see Marty Herney as the GM. So this will be the third time now that Ron Rivera and Marty Herney have been together as head coach and GM, this time now with the Washington football team. So really intriguing to see how that's going to go. And it just further drives my mind to believe that Cam Newton, who of course is set to be a free agent again, will wind up with the Washington football team. And I think a lot of people are possibly starting to feel that way as well, but that would be my guess right now is that Cam Newton will eventually become the next quarterback of the Washington football team. A little bit of coaching news here as well for the Panthers on this Wednesday as they have replaced or they have found a replacement for Jake Peets at the quarterback or at the position of quarterbacks coach. And of course, it's an intriguing name that's probably going to help further speculate or help people further speculate that the Panthers could be in the mix for one Deshaun Watson as the Panthers are expected to hire Sean Ryan as their next quarterback coach, who again is replacing Jake Peets, who will be the offensive coordinator 
at LSU. Once again, another Matt Rule connection. They were together on the New York Giants staff in 2012. Uh, Ryan's most recent uh, coaching uh, position was as the quarterback's coach with the Detroit Lions. But, of course, it's going to be a brand-new staff there in Detroit with Dan Campbell now officially being named the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. I mean, he spent the last two seasons working with Matthew Stafford. And before that, he spent three seasons as quarterback's coach of the Houston Texans. Or I should say his uh, spent two years. Actually, his first year in 16, he was wide receivers coach. And then 17 and 18 was the quarterback's coach, which of course means that he has spent time with one Deshaun Watson, who a lot of people have been speculating that the Panthers could be making a move for, or at least should, at, at the very least, look into, which I, I think they definitely at least should look into. The question becomes, and I guess we'll talk about this a little bit because it's obviously been floating in the news a little bit, the Panthers' possibility of trading for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, the biggest question here is, what would they send Houston in return, the Panthers, of course, don't have as much draft capital as some of these other teams. You look at a team like the New York Jets, who are sitting with the number two overall pick. They also, of course, have a second pick in the first round, pick uh, 23 that they got from the Seattle Seahawks in the Jamal Adams trade. So they have those picks. They also have Seattle's first round pick next year as well. So they've got two first round picks this year and next year. And then, of course, you're looking at a team like the Miami Dolphins, who have two first-round picks this year, thanks to the Laramie Tunsil trade, as well as from that same trade, having two second-round picks as well from the Houston Texans. So, uh, or getting a second-round pick from the Houston Texans. So those two teams certainly have more capital than the Carolina Panthers. The 49ers have kind of been floated around a little bit as well. They're about to pick up an extra third-round pick this year and next year because of that new rule of rewarding teams with compensatory picks if they develop a minority person eventually into a, a hire for a higher position, such as a head coach or GM. And, of course, Robert Sala, minority candidate, new head coach of the New York Jets. So they're going to get uh, two third-round picks, one this year and one next year. Same, coincidentally, for... The Los Angeles Rams, with Brad Holmes being hired as GM of the Lions, and the New Orleans Saints for Terry Fontenot now being named officially GM of the Atlanta Falcons. So the Panthers, of course, don't have a lot of draft capital, so it would probably take, and Joe Person wrote about this a little bit over at The Athletic, and he wrote about the possibility that it's probably going to have to take one of the Panthers' star players, and he named two players in particular, one being Christian McCaffrey, one being Brian Burns, as potential players who could be in the mix of a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. And you figure, too, they would probably throw Teddy Bridgewater in there as well, because you have to think Houston, if they're going to trade Deshaun Watson, they would at least want a quarterback in return. That's why the Jets and Dolphins could also be potential trade partners as well, because Jets could trade Houston Sam Darnold. The Dolphins could trade Houston to a Tungle Bailoa. 
So Carolina would probably throw in Teddy Bridgewater and possibly one of those top players as well. And you're talking the eighth pick this year, their first rounder next year, you know, maybe a, a second this year and or next year, and maybe a, a first round in 23 as well. You know, we also just saw that uh, that report earlier on ESPN with uh, with saying that three, you know, a lot of front offices are in agreement that it's probably going to take three first round picks at least to get to Sean Watson. They also said some more picks could be involved as well, depending on where those picks are. So again, Jets sitting at number two, Dolphins sitting at number three. Obviously, it would be great picks for for the Houston Texans. The Panthers, of course, not a bad position sitting at number eight. But you're in a position where, you know, if you're looking to get the quarterback of the future, can Houston still get that at number eight? It's possible because we've talked about it with the Panthers. So certainly a lot of factors in play, you know, and not saying, of course, that this coaching hire is going to, for you know, further the odds that Carolina is going to take Deshaun Watson, but you know people are going to take it in that direction just because of the fact that, oh, hey, the Panthers just hired a quarterback's coach that's worked with Deshaun Watson for two years. So, hey, let's let's uh, push this narrative. No, I, I don't think that's what this is about, but I, I do think Carolina definitely has to look long and hard at the possibility of landing Deshaun Watson. Again, yeah, the price is steep, but, and of course, you're still paying that big contract, but again, you're getting a 25-year-old quarterback who's in the prime of his career, who had arguably his best season of his career to date in 2020, and this was after they traded his best receiver in DeAndre Hopkins for basically a bag of peanuts. And he still ended up leading the league in passing yards and had career best in just about every passing category. So he really had an MVP caliber season. People obviously aren't going to talk about it because the Texans went four and 12. So we'll see what happens, but you know, we got a long way to go, but it should be really fun to, uh, to track this story. If it even becomes a story, uh, if Houston even trades them, we we still don't even don't even know at this point who their head coach is going to be, and we may not know for a little bit. But like we talked about yesterday with Joe Brady, you know, it's uh, it's down to just two teams, and who knows? Maybe Joe Brady's in the mix in Philadelphia. I don't know. They're interviewing a lot of people now, so we'll see what happens. So that's just kind of a quick recap where. The Panthers stand right now. Again, the the coaching news, Sean Ryan, former quarterbacks coach of the Texans and the Lions, will be named head coach, or uh, yeah, head coach, uh, quarterbacks coach of the Carolina Panthers. So we'll get into more senior bowl talk, including some pretty big news at the quarterback position. You know, speaking of quarterbacks, Panthers just added a quarterback on their senior bowl roster yesterday. So we'll talk about that and we'll get into wide receivers 
and tight ends in a minute. But first, uh, shout out to our friends as today's episode being brought to you by TurboTax. You guys out there are one of a kind, and you know what? So are your taxes. And of course, tax season coming up. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a, as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perf- perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Into it, TurboTax Live. And also today being brought to you by Blue Nile, and this episode brought to you by 1010, which is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, which launched exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launched on January 18th, and you can check it out and preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So let's talk more about the Senior Bowl, shall we? First, we'll touch on the uh, quarterback news that actually broke a little bit after I finished recording, uh, interestingly enough, after we talked about the three quarterbacks that the Panthers had. But then we found out that the Panthers have added Mac Jones, who, of course, was one of the finalists for the Heisman Trophy this year. He will be on the Panthers roster. So now the Panthers have uh, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, and Jamie Newman. So a really fun group of four quarterbacks for the Carolina Panthers, I think. And Mac Jones, you know, he's going to be one of the one of the most interesting case studies, I think, in this draft cycle because Mac Jones had kind of the the perfect situation, right? He he comes into an offense that was loaded with firepower. I mean, you know, even the little bit of playing time he got last year, he was effectively playing with Four first-round picks, you know, because you still had Jerry Judy and you had Henry Ruggs. And this year, he's playing with two first-round picks as well in Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. So a lot of star power. You've got Najee Harris, who's starting to knock on the door himself as a first-round pick. So a lot of star power at uh, on that Alabama offense and a really great offensive line. So it was almost kind of the perfect storm for Mac Jones. So now you start to get him out of his comfort zone and you start to see what he'll do now with uh, some of these some of these different receivers. And again, we talked about Devontae Smith, but he was given to the Dolphins roster. But either way, he's not doing any on-field work anyway. But Mac Jones, I think this is a really great opportunity for him. Like we talked about with Jamie Newman, you know, the di- big difference, of course, is Mac Jones played in 2020. But again, it's now about getting him out of his comfort zone, getting him out of that 
perfect situation at Alabama and seeing what he can do with new receivers, with a competition at quarterback, and with NFL coaching. So this is an important week for Mac Jones. There's, of course, been a lot of first-round buzz on him as well. He could very well be... I think effectively QB five, you know, it sounds like he, you know, you look at a lot of these mock drafts, he's essentially being the, the fifth quarterback off the board behind, of course, what we might as well call the big four now of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey, uh, Trey Lance. Mac Jones is starting to slot in there at number five. So if he can, if he could impress this week, you know, in practices and in the game, he could start to see his draft stock rise a little bit, and you know he probably could lock himself into the first round, maybe a top twenty-five pick, maybe even top twenty. You know, you start to look at teams like Washington, Chicago, Pittsburgh in that top twenty-five that could look at him. You know, I I don't think, and certainly it's a chance to leave a mark on Carolina staff, who's going to be in the market for a quarterback. But I don't think. Even if he he does well, I don't know if he's going to skyrocket to where Carolina is going to take him with the eighth overall pick. But you could start to talk about a trade back scenario where the Panthers find a trade partner to move up, take whoever they pick up a couple extra picks and then maybe fall to, say, the middle of the first round and take Mac Jones. You know, that's always a possibility. But getting this firsthand work with Mac Jones next week is going to be uh, very important and very intriguing for this Panthers roster. So that's the big addition of quarterback. And you start to look now at the wide receiver position for the Carolina Panthers. And there are a lot of good names at the wide receiver position for this Panthers team. And I think the, the highlight here without a doubt is Kadarius Tony, you know Kadarius Tony, uh, listed on the school website six feet, and he's actually from Mobile, Alabama. So this is a homecoming for uh, for Kadarius Tony. But I mean, you know, outs- we we know Kyle Pitts, of course, was the big target at Florida, but Kadarius Tony as well was a fantastic player for that Gators offense. In fact, he uh, he led the team in 2020 in catches with 62 and receiving yards with 831. And in fact, Florida, this is an interesting stat, Florida was the only team in the nation that had three players all with at least eight touchdown receptions. The aforementioned Kyle Pitts, of course, Kadarius Tony, and in fact, the other Florida receiver there that will also be on the Panthers Senior Bowl roster, and we'll get to him in a minute, Trayvon Grimes. And this was, uh, you know, he had, uh, it was nine touchdowns for uh, Tony and 11 touchdowns for Kyle Pitts. In fact, it was the, uh, the first time since 2001 that Florida had a pair of players both catch at least nine touchdowns. So, you know, again, a lot of star power like we talked about with with Kyle Trask. But uh, Kadarius Toney, just one of those guys that just looks so good on the field. And he's going to be in what's turning into a, a really good wide receiver class again as 
a lot of people have noticed or, or have made note of for months now. Kadarius Tony going to be right up there with the best of them. He's going to be, you know, I, I think you're seeing late first round pick right now with uh, kind of his maybe average projection, but him being on the field in Mobile and uh, getting to work with these, and he'll obviously have the comfort too at times of working with Kyle Trask. So that at least is going to give him some comfort, but overall all the quarterbacks, should be uh, really excited to get to work with Kadarius Tony here. He could be one of those guys that really starts to, you know, he's already made a name for himself, but he could really make himself a lot more money, I think, next week in Mobile. And then again, we'll talk about his uh, his buddy Trayvon Grimes. Uh, you know, six foot four, so he's got a lot of lot of size himself. He started all eleven games for Florida before deciding to opt out of the Cotton Bowl. He, uh, and, you know, another, you know, kind of, I, I don't want to say overshadowed by uh, by Kadarius Toney because he's going to get, you know, the all the, all, the, all the work. But, you know, 589 receiving yards on 38 catches, but nine touchdowns uh, for him. As well, so I mean, three three kids with nine receiving touchdowns at Florida. So it, you know, it just goes to show how strong that Florida offense was, and you know, kind of how good Kyle Trask had it down down at Florida. You know, again, we've talked about some of the questions with Kyle Trask, but you know, Trayvon Grimes again the. Uh, this, this was kind of his breakout year. You know, the number of receiving yards maybe wasn't always there. I mean, 589, that was his career high. You know, and he did it in two fewer games than his two previous seasons. He had 491 in 2019 and 364 in 2018. For the record, too, because uh, I didn't mention this earlier, Kadarius Tony in 2020 actually ended up with 984 receiving yards this season and... 10 touchdowns, you know, and this, this was his coming out party as well, too, because he was kind of further down the depth chart over the last couple of years. He had only totaled about 450 receiving yards in his first two years at Florida, but 984, 10 touchdowns on 70 catches. So, you know, you've got two of the big boys from Florida on this Panthers roster at the senior bowl. So really going to be excited to see those two get at it. And then we'll talk quick about the the two receivers from Clemson, including another guy I'm really intrigued by, and another guy that I think a lot of people have been intrigued by as well, Amari Rogers, who finally got his chance to kind of be the be one of the focal points of the Carol, or, uh, of the Clemson offense, and he wound up being a first team All ACC. And was also named All-ACC by the AP and Pro Football Focus. He ended up with 77 receptions for 1,020 receiving yards and 7 receiving touchdowns in 12 games. You know, started all 12 games. Uh, you know, some other notes they have on here. Uh, it was the 12,000-yard receiving season in school history and the 11th most in a single campaign in Clemson history 
85 receiving yards per game, ranked 7th in school history. So he certainly made a name for himself at a school where we know just seems to churn out uh, churn out receivers. And you're probably going to see it again next year with Justin Ross. But Amari Rodgers looks to be that guy this year. Same with Cornell Powell. You know, Cornell Powell, again, I don't want to say uh, overshadowed. You know, he was kind of the the number two, but still, he he posted a, you know some good numbers, especially for him. Fifty three receptions, eight hundred eighty two yards, and seven touchdowns. So he ended up tying for the league lead, or excuse me, the uh, the team lead with seven receiving touchdowns, and he wound up being a third team. All ACC pick, so you know, kind of the the one B to Amari Rogers one A. So these two again getting to work together, and again, obviously they've had the the benefit of having Trevor Lawrence throwing to them, but still these two these two guys have shown plenty of talent, and I think this is a these are two guys that could certainly shine at a at a stage like like Mobile. And then just skimming through, so we're not, you know, rambling on. But those are, those are probably like the four big guys. But the Panthers are also going to get a uh, an LSU receiver, and we know there have been just so many LSU receivers coming out over the last two seasons. Uh, but the Panthers are going to get to work with Racy McMath, 6'3", 224, senior from New Orleans. Uh, you know, obviously have been kind of buried in the depth chart because of guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and all these guys, you know. So he really, really didn't get a chance to post a lot of big numbers. He only played in six games in 2020, caught 14 passes for 195 yards and one touchdown. But, you know, that's the... That's always the nice thing about the senior ball is they just find ways to find those kind of uh, diamonds in the rough. You know, it's not it wasn't just about Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall, who both are expected to go in the first round. They're going to give McMath a chance as well. So, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to get a you know closer look at him as he kind of starts to break away, in a sense, from Chase and uh, Marshall. So it'll be interesting with him. They've also got Marquez Stevenson out of Houston, who uh, was listed six, uh, six feet 190 out of Shreveport, Louisiana. And in 2020, he wound up with only 20 catches, for 307 yards. He only ended up playing in five games, but he had 20 catches, 307 yards, four touchdowns. Two of those five games, he actually went over 100 yards, including his big day at Navy back in October. Nine catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. So he's going to be another interesting name to watch. Austin Watkins Jr., of UAB 63210 a redshirt senior out of uh Fort Myers Florida played in 7 games 
for UAB this season. 34 catches, 468 yards, and three touchdowns, including 183 receiving yards on seven catches at South Alabama. And he was named first team All-Conference USA. And for his career, 98 catches, 1,642 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, seventh in school history in receiving yards, eighth in career receptions, and one of just three players at EYB to have a thousand yards receiving in a season. And he's the first UAB player named to the Senior Bowl since 2012. So, congrats to him. Josh Palmer of Tennessee, another name to watch out for here. 62210, a senior. Uh, actually from Canada, Brampton, Ontario, but he played his high school ball at St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. Played in 10 games, caught 33 passes for 475 yards and four touchdowns. He was kind of around his average, actually, over his last three years at Tennessee. He had 484, 457, and 475 with seven total touchdowns over his last three seasons at Tennessee. But he did play 47 games for the Volunteers. And uh, we know it's kind of been a rocky season, or rocky couple of years down at Tennessee. We're seeing the mess going on there between the school now and former head coach Jeremy Pruitt and the mess that they're about to get in. But Josh Palmer, you know, a fairly productive guy, but... Um, you know, really intrigued. Really haven't seen much of him, to be honest, but really curious to check him out as well. And then Shy Smith of South Carolina, a 5'10, 190 pounds out of Union, South Carolina, went to Union County High School down there. And his 2020 season 57 catches, 633 yards. And four touchdowns for his career, 174 receptions, 2,204 yards, and 13 receiving touchdowns. So, again, someone I haven't really gotten a lot of exposure to yet, but definitely will get a chance to next week. So, a lot of intriguing names, but again, the, the highlights certainly are the two kids from Florida, Kadarius Tony and Trayvon Grimes, and then the two from Clemson, Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell. Um, and, you know, for the record, just to skim through real quick, the national team wide receivers that the Dolphins will be coaching, they have Ben Skrowernick of Notre Dame, Desmond Fitzpatrick of Louisville, Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan, Kate Johnson of South Dakota State, uh, Tylan Wallace, Oklahoma State, really intrigued by Tylan Wallace. I think he has pretty good hands and uh, runs pretty good routes, so excited to see him. Nico Collins of Michigan, Frank Darby of Arizona State, and then, of course, he's not doing any on-field stuff, but he'll be there for interviews and whatnot, Devontae Smith of Alabama. So that's the wide receivers we'll see down in Mobile, and we'll come back quick and run through the tight ends that the Panthers will have. But before we get into that, a reminder that today's episode being brought to you by betonline.ag. Are we ready for are we ready for uh, championship Sunday in the NFL? It's really hard to believe it's championship Sunday 
coming up already, but he still got a chance to win a few bucks on the NFL season. And of course, basketball and hockey now in full swing. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So skim through quick and look at the tight ends that the Panthers will be coaching at the Senior Bowl. And we will start with Trey McKitty out of Georgia. He's a 6'5", 245-pound tight end from uh, Wesley Chapel, Florida. Also also played his college ball at Florida State. He had seven starts for the Bulldogs in 2020 after transferring from the Seminoles. And this was a former uh, IMG Academy student as well. He was actually a graduate student, you know, graduate transfer to Georgia. Started the last seven games and totaled, you know, he wasn't, you know, all that productive, but at least in terms of numbers, six catches, 108 yards, and one touchdown. But again, this is, you know, this is about him getting a chance to uh, really showcase his stuff at the, at the Senior Bowl. He was also named to the preseason watch list for the John Mackey Award, which is the nation's top tight end. And then in three in his previous three seasons at Florida State, he played in 35 games with the Seminoles, caught 50 passes for 520 yards and a pair of touchdowns. His most uh, productive season came in 2018, 26 catches, 256 yards, and two touchdowns. So intriguing, interested to see him. They've also got another fellow ACC tight end in Noah Gray out of Duke. Noah Gray comes from Leominster, Massachusetts. He's listed 6'4", 240 pounds, so good size there. He was a team captain for Duke and one of the, uh, again, preseason John Mackey Award winners. Was also part of the top 250 watch list on the Senior Bowl, the list that they posted, you know, long you know, before the start of the season. So he's had the Senior Bowl's eyes for quite some time and continued to be a, uh, a very solid tight end that got uh, that continued to get the Senior Bowl's attention. And now he's going to be here with you know, what's going to be an interesting group of tight ends uh, for, the, uh, for the 2020 season. He wound up with 29 catches, 285 yards and two touchdowns. And again, I guess in a sense too, like we, we don't often see tight ends all that productive. Like not every tight end can be Kyle Pitts. So, you know, these are somewhat average, maybe below average numbers, but still not, you know, terrible numbers, I guess, when it comes to some of these college offenses. Uh, but Noah Gray, another, another name to watch out for there at the tight end position and then we look at Quinton Morris out of Bowling Green, who was 
second team all Mac in 2020 or 2019 rather uh, 6'4", 251 pounds from Richmond, Texas. And for the 2020 season, he played in five games because, of course, it was a pretty short season in the MAC. 20 catches, 248 yards. Uh, but for his career, 125 catches, 1,529 yards, 13 touchdowns. Seven of those actually came in 2018. And then in 2019, he had 55 catches, 649 yards, and four touchdowns. So he was one of the better tight ends, at least numbers-wise, over the last couple years. Again, pretty quiet in 2020, but again, everything was kind of condensed in the MAC as well with them being so short. They only, you know, they only played like a handful of games anyway. So he'll be someone to watch out for as well. And then the last tight end on the, on the list is Kylan Granson out of SMU. You know, SMU has had some interesting names between like this year and last year. They had James Prochet last year at the Senior Bowl, and then this year some uh, interesting later round guys in the draft. You know, guys like quarterback Shane Bouchelle and uh, wide receiver Reggie Robertson. Uh, but Kylan Granson, their tight end, 6'3", 235 out of Austin, Texas, started all 10 games for the Mustangs and wound up with 35 catches, 536 yards, and a team leading five touchdowns, wound up being named first team all AAC. So got some overall, it's a really interesting group. You've got some guys that have been, you know, kind of quiet recently, but have shown, you know, shown some potential at the position. And then some guys that have been fairly productive at the tight end position in college, guys like Morris and Granson. So an interesting group there. So again, Trey McKitty of Georgia, Noah Gray of Duke, Quentin Morris of Bowling Green, and Kylan Granson out of SMU. And then the tight ends and the fullback, actually, too. It turned out they brought in one fullback who they, you know, many believe is the best fullback in the nation. That was Ben Mason of Michigan. He's on the Dolphins team, as well as the three other tight ends on their roster. Tony Poljan of Virginia, Kenny Aboa, who's an ex exciting guy. I've actually mocked him to the Panthers in a couple of several-round mocks. And then Hunter Long out of Boston College. So interesting, interesting group of tight ends here, especially on the Panther side. Like I said, a lot of a lot of good names all across the board, and they actually just announced the offensive line on uh, Tuesday. So we'll get into that uh, likely tomorrow. We'll touch on O line, and if we see D line come through, which we probably will later today, might touch on them as well. But obviously, a lot of names on the offensive line on both sides. But again, so far, really liking a lot of these names on both sides of the senior bowl as well for both rosters, but particularly for the Panthers side of things as well. So we'll continue to go through all these names as they continue to unveil the national and American team rosters as we inch ever so closer to the start of senior bowl week. So with that, I think I'm going to get out of here as always appreciate you guys tuning in really Really appreciate the support. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to follow me 
on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And of course, check out myself and the other guys. A lot of great work over at SI Panther. So with that, hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We will see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.